Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori. And today we have our October Patreon produced episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Miss Chloe. Thank you, Chloe, for your topic and question for this episode. Um, what is this episode, you ask? Well, Lori, tell the people. All right. Well, thanks, Chloe, so much for your recommendation. So today we are going to discuss the seasons of our closet, how our closet evolves over the months and quarters, what adjustments we make and how these adjustments change our sourcing tactics and so much more, of course. (laughs) Okay. This is going to be good because we haven't really looked over the questions. So we're going to kind of go in with a fresh perspective. Absolutely. Um, This is off the cuff. (laughs) Yes, it is. So we will see you at the table. This is an interesting question because I don't think I've really sat down and really thought about how my closet and sales evolve over the year. And I think we we both have enough data right now where we can kind of give a better perspective on it than maybe even last year or the year before, because we've kind of been in it for a little bit. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And this is why I love... Um, when people from the community and our Patreon community specifically give us some ideas because it's it's stuff, it's fresh and it's stuff we haven't discussed before. So um, yeah, and and it's going to make me think too, which yeah. I always like. I always <laughs> like that. So why don't we start with the first question, which is, do you source everything year round or do you pick a certain point each quarter where you try to focus on the next season? And when is that point? Good question. Great question. Um, I say that for me, I generally source everything year round if the thrift store allows for it, because some thrift stores around here don't put out coats, um, and jackets and stuff. They kind of take them away and then, um, they bring them back out when it gets like into like September, we start to see them again. Then it's like full swing until like March maybe. And then Mm -hmm. I feel like in April, they start to fizzle them out and then the summer they're gone. So I can't really funny. I wonder if people do that all around because savers is definitely like when they take the sweaters away, I want to cry. Me too. When they take the sweaters, (laughs) even though though we're going into summer, I'm like, I love sweaters. Don't take them away. I know. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a savers thing. I don't know. That's what the savers do around here. They take everything away. I feel like Goodwill and um, Salvation Army tends to have stuff year round. Maybe not as much, but I feel like they do have at least small sections of things Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. round. But I I generally like to pick up things year round because you never know where someone's traveling to or what they're looking for. Um, And I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't feel like there needs to be a rule in place where you have to pick stuff up only in the summer when it's summer items, you know, it just, people buy things all the time. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I also think that one, one of, uh, one of the things I think about when I source off season is that those are things that people aren't looking for right now. Mm -hmm. So there's one store that I shop at where their shorts are $3 and 99 cents. And I, I make sure that I look there in the winter months because I I feel like your selection is better. Like, I feel like in the fall, everybody's looking for denim in the winter. Everybody's looking for sweaters. So if you're willing to shop off season, um, you could really find some great stuff just because there's less demand for those items. I agree. I wish they had boots year round and savers. That's like my number one thing that I wish they had, like their shoe Mm -hmm. section changes with the season. So like, Mm -hmm. I wish they were boots year round because I sell boots year round. So like when they take them away, I'm like, oh, And the crazy thing is they're replacing them with like flip-flops, which from a reselling point of view is just 
apples and oranges, you know, like mm -hmm. fall, fall and winter, in my opinion, is just a really lucrative time because it you is. tend to get more money for outerwear, for boots, bulky sweaters, jeans, like that sort of stuff tends to bring a little bit more than like tank tops, shorts, and flip-flops, you know? Yeah, so I, I think it's kind of universal. I, I, I do think that a lot of people like to source in the fall, um, but I, like you would definitely, I pick up stuff year round and uh, um, there's somebody right now uh, who just created a bundle. You know, when people create a bundle in your closet and you go in and you're like, oh, I love what they pulled together because we have like hundreds of items yep. and then it's so neat to see what somebody curates for themselves. And this woman just had these, you know, like a beautiful cover up and um, this gorgeous like sun hat and all these beautiful things. And I messaged her and I said, I love your bundle. Like, are you going somewhere special? <laughs> She hasn't even bought it yet. And she's like, yes, I'm going to Mexico for my 45th birthday. Oh, so nice. she picked out a, a beautiful uh, new with tag bathing suit, like a white one piece with like a black halter. It was just like the vibe was beautiful. So yeah, but um, she's like, I'm still shopping. It's not until, I don't know, I think it was December. So yeah, and not many people, uh, a lot of stores don't offer those items now. I think they do around Christmas time because yeah. a lot of people are thinking about like traveling in February Cruises. and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you have the space for it, I'd go for it. Would you say that you focus on certain items during different quarters, like for the Absolutely. next season? Yeah. I, I'd say Absolutely. that even though I'm shopping year round, I'm definitely focusing on certain categories more depending on where we're at season wise. Yeah. Because if you're in the season of say jeans and sweaters, um, in theory, you'd be selling more of that. So you would need to replenish it as well. And you want to just freshen it up for like, like what, me, what might be trending this season. So for sure. I mean, I've, I've started to get very selective with, um, bulky items like big parkas and snow pants. And I used to pick up a lot of no, snow suits and vintage. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm more selective about that stuff because when you do sit on bulky things year round, it, it just takes up precious real estate. So I'm more selective with it, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely hunting for that right now because I'm selling more of it. And the what other aspect of that too. Yeah, I agree with you. Same thing. But I think even like if you are sourcing for specific platforms like Thread Up or The Real Real, they're very season specific. So I feel like when you when you're in that current season and you're finding pieces that can go to these other consignment sources, like this is the time for you to stock up and send stuff in and make your money because they tend to mark that stuff down as the season as it get as it gets closer to the next season, they're starting to mark that stuff down and then it's you know it's gonna sell at a lower price point. So I feel like if you're doing consignment, whether it's in a store that's locally to you or you're doing it online, you really need to like hyper-focus on the current season and making sure that you're sending those specific items in and as quickly as you can, because it moves so fast in the retail world. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I didn't even think of that. Um, that is a great point. And you'll notice if you do do business with places like Buffalo Exchange or Plato's Closet or just buy, sell, trade places in general, if you visit their websites, oftentimes they'll say like, we are no longer taking shorts and yep. bathing suits. Like this is what we're looking for. So that's definitely something to keep in mind um, when you're sourcing for, you know, something other than your own closet or eBay store or whatnot. Great I would say retail stores in general, and I would say consignment stores too, are maybe three to four months ahead of the game when it comes to this stuff. So mm -hmm. like if you are sourcing specifically for these types of places, um, I don't necessarily do this for my own closet, things that I'm selling myself, because like we both said, we shop year round for things, but 
if you are, or you want to stockpile stuff so that you're ready to go, I would say you want to start stockpiling two to three months ahead of time so that when that new season is just about to start, you have your box ready to go or bag or whatever it is, and you can, you know, send it off to be processed and be one of the first ones to kind of get in. Because I think after time, all these different consignment um, sources have and stores have just a surplus of, they just have a lot and it gets to the point where they're like, we don't want anymore before they actually mm-hmm. cut it off. So just something to keep in mind if you go that route of reselling stuff in. Um, yeah, but I remember going to Buffalo Exchange and being, no, not Buffalo, Plato's and mm-hmm. being surprised that they were still taking a particular season. Like I want to say it was, I don't know, late August and they were still taking shorts. Really? Um, but yeah, um, but for online, I, I would 100% agree. I think it just varies from store to store. Like, cause around here, like back to school now, I feel like kids are still wearing shorts for back to school. It's still warm in September. It's warm so, today. <laughs> very warm today. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I remember, I remember going into one of those stores and being shocked that they were still taking a particular season, but I was in a Plato's, not here in Rhode Island, in Mass, and I was um, walking around, and, and I was in the sweater section, and it just made me laugh. They had four or five Alfred Dunner sweaters, because they were like grandma, grandpa looking sweaters, and it was just so wow. fascinating to me, because walking in a thrift store, I'm bypassing that stuff, right? That's not something that I'm picking up, but Plato's wants it. It's so funny when you like just it's going to just look, right? Just to look and see like what do they have? What are they grabbing? And you're like, Alfred Dunner. All right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. That's a great like bins pickup if you're just going to go directly to a consignment store that's Mm -hmm. that's taking that stuff. I know it's so funny. It's so funny what what works at different seasons. All right. Let's move on to the second one. All right. Do you run sales on certain seasonal items that are about to go out of season? That's a good question. Um, I generally do not. Um, Have I done it in the past with like summer stuff? Yeah, because I think that I get really bored with like t-shirts and just very basic blouses and stuff. So I tend to, I don't necessarily run a sale on it. I just liquidate it and send it to thread up or something Um, because I don't really put, I don't really invest a ton in that kind of stuff because whether I'm picking it up at Salvation or whatever, like I'm not, I'm just not paying up as much as a sweater or a coat or something like that. Um, So I, I will liquidate some of that stuff. I don't necessarily run a sale. I have on occasion but it's not really I usually run a sale in my whole closet like I'm just doing a clean sweep and doing whatever it is 30% off 50% off uh, buy one get one so that's kind of how I do things I've never necessarily thought about it seasonally though what about you I've given it some thought but I've never actually pulled the trigger on it Um, like I was thinking today I have a, a mound of jeans right now and I've given some thought to doing like a flash sale, like today only jeans, 40% off or yeah, something yeah, yeah. to that effect. But I actually, uh, maybe, maybe I've done it once or twice through Instagram or something, but typically no, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, I use Posture VA yep. and I will send out offers. I'm doing it right now, actually, as we speak, it's sending <laughs> offers for 50% off anything that's been in my closet for over a year. And, you know, some of the stuff, like uh, I just saw a blazer that sold for $14 plus discounted shipping. And there's part of me that's like, oh boy, that's low. But um, then I'm like, but it's been here for 400 days. Like, right. you know, if it's still here mm-hmm. and I'm somebody who loves to shop. So just like sell it and, and let it go. So that's what I tend to do. Um, but that's been within probably the past 
eight months or so since I started using Posture VA and using the feature where it can send bulk offers. Yep. And I set it so that I profit at least $8. That's like my, my minimum of what I'll take because I, you know, my average cost of goods is $5. So, and very rarely am I only making $8, but um, I, I set it to that. And then anything over the 365 days, sometimes I'll do 325, depending on my mood. Um, and it just kind of freshens the closet and gets stuff out. So I think by default, it ends up hitting some of those pieces that have been around for a while past season. Um, but that's what I've been doing. And I do that every like six, I think the last time I did it was at the beginning of September. So every, every six to eight weeks, I'll do that. Yeah, I do a um, same thing with Posture VA. I usually do, so it sends out 5% or 10% offers. I don't remember what I have a set to within 10 minutes, the person liking something, right? And then usually once a week or once every two weeks, depending on how I'm feeling and how sales are. And if we're at the end of the month, right? And I want to hit my sales goal, um, I will send 25 or 30% off offers, which kind of gets things moving again in my closet. And then usually once every so once every six months, I'll do a 50% off or even more 60% off on certain items and to see if I can get them to go before I make a box and send it off somewhere else kind of thing. So yeah, we kind of have a similar, similar. Yeah, that's similar. I kind of, I'm not good about pulling stuff and sending them to thread out because there's a part of me that just feels like so much time has been invested. If it's been around for a year, I've photographed it. I've probably relisted it. I have like, I mean, thread up, especially when I know I'm going to get like sense, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'd rather sell it for eight bucks and make $5 than send it to thread up and make 75 cents on this piece or whatever, unless it's good stuff. You know what I mean? Um, that I think will hold its value. So I'm not so good about that, which is why I have things in my closet that are a thousand days old. You yeah. Know? That's how that happens. <laughs> well, I've been loving the partner kits. So that's what I've been doing. So anything that I'm like, I'm getting rid of, I'm reinvesting my money then in myself. <laughs> When I get that a partner kit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. You've gotten some really good pieces that way. And they process mm -hmm. it faster too, don't they? Super fast. And I feel like they give you more money for certain pieces, but they are really selective on what they're taking. So like if I'm going to do a partner kit, I know going in, like some of the pieces that they're, they're not even going to bother with, you know, which is fine because at that point I don't care about it. So I'm either going to donate it at Savers or I'm going to send it in and get a gift card for something. You know, yeah. So. And what are some of the so when you send in a partner kit, do they pre-screen or you're just you're just they pre it like you will they they do everything and then they just say, okay, your bag's processed kind of thing, and then it shows you what they took and how much you're getting for it on a gift card. So no, but you still just send in what you think would yeah, yeah, work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. And what are some of the gift cards you can get? Um Christy Dawn, Frame, Kuyana, Banana, no, Athleta. Uh, gap maybe okay um there's a few there's, there's a bunch on there um but the there's only a couple that really interest me so reformation right, is on right. there too reformation is there listen if they put everlane on there it's game over for me because yes oh my gosh <laughs> you're done you're done just give me From all the everlane gift cards <laughs> exactly wouldn't that be nice i would be so i think that's it i've looked at the partner kits and there just hasn't been one that's like really excited me but like all it takes is one brand to just be like, yep, I'm in. Yeah, that's <laughs> so exciting. True. That's exciting. Okay, next question. Do you clear out last season's inventory, i.e. like sending coats off to the real world, donate when spring comes? We kind of just covered yeah, that. Yeah, we kind of just touched on that. Um, I, I kind of do that year round again. It's not really, I mean, I can't do it seasonally, but also year round. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. 
behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Yeah. Um, are there specific places you shop in one season versus another season? Oh, I've never really thought about that. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like there are certain times of the year, like when college kids are leaving campuses and they're going back home where you can like hit the jackpot if you're near colleges and there's thrift stores around. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be really good, uh, because I just kind of dump everything, you know, depending on where they're coming from, if they're overseas and whatnot. Um, so yes, you can, I, I've, I have done that and have gotten lucky, but I don't necessarily shop at different places, different seasons. That's really interesting though. Yeah, I guess I just don't shop for sweaters at Savers in the summer. <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> I think but that's it. Um, yeah. I mean, certain things, Okay. So I, I guess I have one thing. So around here, they run rummage sales um, mm-hmm. at churches, mostly in the spring and in the fall. There's one in particular that I love to hit up and um, that's in the fall. So certain rummage sales I like, I'll probably not go to typical thrift stores so much. And then I'll save up for this one rummage sale. Cause I go hard at this rummage sale. Also, I tend to do more estate sales in the summer Yeah, um, yard sailing. So I guess the sourcing changes a little bit that way. Um, but other than that, yeah, no, I, I have my, my, um, my typical stomping grounds around here that I tend to just run the circuit. You yeah, know? same. I think there's like different times within like a month or something where we have both done this before. We're like, okay, this week we want to, you know, like I want to head to Connecticut. I want to head here. I want to go here. And we'll just make random sourcing trips and we'll go to check out a place and whatever. Like, I feel like I do more of that just to kind of get different inventory that I may not necessarily find in my area and um, maybe hit up different types of consignment stores and all that. Like, I feel like I do more of that in my business than necessarily shop seasonally at different places. However, I feel like you could do this with the bins, like maybe focus on hard goods or something a certain time of year and just kind of go hard at the bins. Like maybe this time Mm -hmm. of year, you want to focus on more like giftable type things or like little collectibles, stuff like that. Like that's a good, like maybe a bins thing you could do because it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a free for all, right? Maybe you can find things. Maybe you can't, I don't know. That's just an idea. Maybe that could be something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, with Thrift Across New England, that definitely pushed me to go to different places when I did that series. And I just did like, I just did a video on uh, thrifting in Salem, Mass that I just thought would be fun. Like I kind of am driven by what I think is fun Mm -hmm. seasonally. So that was like a seasonal decision I made. I'd never gone thrifting in Salem before. And I thought, oh, what better time to go and then release a video in the month of October and add it to that to my series, you know, so that motivates me. Um, and certainly when I travel, when I go to Pennsylvania, now there are certain places that I like to stop at. Um, but mostly road trips, mostly fun road trips is what I do. And it's not necessarily based on season. No, it's more of like adventure. 
because thrifting to me is always an adventure and if you can go to a different place different state different town different whatever and find a little joint that's fun that's the fun of it that's the fun of it and in new england it's like you know you can really get to so many places i can go to maine vermont new hampshire rhode island all of the states within two hours i know so depending on which direction i'm heading um, you know, I can hit any of the New England states and, and try something new, but it might as well be so f- it might as well be five hours away because they're just places it's untapped territory for me. So it's, and I'm sure it's like that for other people. I mean, if you live in California, you don't even have to leave your state and you could have so many adventures, you know, I know we have <laughs> around lot of- here. It's like, you know, you blink and you're in a new state. It's so true. (laughs) And the other thing too, is I think in our smaller towns, cities and towns that we have in New England, there's a lot of smaller antique stores and consignment stores. And I feel like we may not have as many Goodwills and Savers and all that kind of stuff, but we have a lot of these small little places that are mom and pop shops that we can kind of go into and and explore and, and just kind of see what a small business that does this is like and meet those people. Like there's a little, um, there's a little more diversity, I guess, when it comes to thrifting here. Yeah, I actually have a fun little story to share. Ooh, share. Um, I, I had this woman who recently messaged me uh, who had seen my video on uh, the real real of all videos. Because um, yeah, she just said she she works at a thrift store in New York that is supposedly the oldest thrift store in the state. And they had oh. to close down because of COVID. I think it's in a church or an old building or something. And she said that, um, you know, they, they closed down to COVID, due to COVID. And then she saw my video on the real real. And so she kind of started digging through their inventory at the thrift store to see like oh. what they could send to the real real. Yeah. And it's been working out really great for her. And now they have a rep who comes regularly to the thrift store. It's closed to the public. Um, But she said that they have been able to stay afloat and they're continuing to to take donations. And it's 100% the real real. So she invited me to go and see her place. So that is like definitely going to be a road trip. I looked and the shop is like two hours and 45 minutes away from me, but I'm super excited. I'm just going to like be able to like kind of go through the basement and see stuff and see her process and stuff. But yeah, I was super excited. So yeah, road trip for thrifting is always fun. That's awesome. Look at that. Yeah, and I'm just so happy because it's a I, I'm I'm it's a nonprofit. I don't I don't I should know the organization because she did include it in her email to me. But um, yeah, it's a nonprofit, and they're still able to. And I think they're I want to say they're like in Westchester County, which is a pretty affluent county um up in New York. And so I'm sure they get some great donations, and they she just pulls oh, yeah. stuff and checks her brand. So I thought that was a really nice nice story you never know who you're going to reach on youtube or a podcast or anything for that matter yeah yeah it was really sweet i thought it was nice happy for her all right question five do your price points and average selling price change by season good question chloe these are good good. (laughs) these are very good i would say um my price point on certain things like sweaters coats boots tend to be higher, I would say, in the fall winter months. And yes, the average selling price in turn is higher as well. But I wouldn't say I do it intentionally by season. I feel like because I'm picking more of like that specific stuff up, I just value it at what I believe it's worth. And that's what I'm pricing it at. Um, But that's interesting. I guess I've never really sat down and thought about increasing my prices. 
-hmm. you know, like going back in my closet and increasing certain prices of items that are now current in the season that we're in right now. Like maybe that should be a practice that I do. I don't know. I feel like this is one of those questions that to me is more of a a feeling or a mood I'm in. Like, I feel like it's the dead of summer and someone is making me an offer on a bulky wool sweater that I've had for six months on a 90 degree day in July. I'm probably likely to take that offer. And then, so that would probably bring down my ASP. Um, But then if, you know, if it's prime winter season and it's, some sort of a Nordic pattern and, you know, like I'd hold out this time of year. So I think for me, that answer would depend on how long it's been in my closet. Um, and how sick I, how sick I am of looking at it. I I definitely think with like coats and, um, certain, maybe certain pairs of shoes, like snow boots and that kind of stuff, I'm going to hold out. Like I, I'm not going to, except just like a, maybe a 50% off offer or something right now, probably until like February, March, I'm going to hold out as long as I possibly You're going to hold out right now because we're in the season you're right. saying. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then maybe depending on the brand, because there are certain brands that I'm never going to like, it would really just depend on the brand. Yeah. Like there, there are certain things you're just like, I'm, I'm just, I'm happy to sit on this because yeah, I'm going to sit on this for five years before I accept that offer kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So there, there are definitely those pieces, but in general, um, yeah, I, I would say that I am more likely to take an offer right now. Like I was surprised, um, speaking of that store with the 399 shorts on a recent trip, I picked up a pair of like Madewell high rise denim shorts with the button front, but they were like literally the color of a pumpkin, like orange. Um, but they're made well and they were four bucks and they were newer style. So I'm a sucker. So I'm like, all right, I'll pick them up. And then I'm looking, cause you know, colored denim doesn't always move great for me. And so I I was like, oh gosh, am I just going to sit on these forever? And, um, I I think I would have accepted like a $20. I think I had them priced at 38, but anyways, they sold this week for 30 bucks. So I had them priced at 38 and someone sent me a $30 offer. I couldn't press accept fast enough because you know, it, they're pumpkin orange. So I mean, I'm thinking yep. of this, like it's that fall color. They have about another month to wear it and depending on where they are in the country, but yeah, I probably would have gone even lower on that particular right. item. Um, um, in terms of average selling price, do you think your average selling price changes between winter, spring, summer, fall? Like, you know, do you think there's a variation? Like, would you say your average selling price from, I don't know, September to like January, February is higher than May through August. I've never really looked. I feel like, well, I shouldn't say I've never really looked. I've never compared um, like summer months to winter months. I mean, based on everything we've said today, you tend to get more money for jeans, boots, coats, that sort of thing. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Yeah, but I I just, I feel like my ASP has been around 31, 32, 37, like it varies, you know, I, I feel like recently my ASP, 
Oh gosh, it's so weird because I've been, the stuff that I'm picking up now, I feel like I'm picking up high stuff that I want to sell like above 40 a lot of the time, but then you go to the bin and it's like, I'm happy with 20. Like you're probably more consistent because I feel like you are a little bit more specific mm-hmm. and targeted with the stuff that you buy. Um, and then, yeah, like bin stuff, I don't mind letting go. So it, it, it really varies for me. I feel like I've been between like 30 and $35 ASP for a while. So I actually just recently looked at my average sale price and like compared it by quarter because I was just curious, especially with the new Poshmark Closet Insight thing. It's kind oh, of like a quick, great. Uh, yeah, it's like a quick little, is it detailed to the point of like, you know, you don't have everything on it, but it's a good quick glance to see like where you're at oh, yeah. for the month. And for this month, um, I've had less sales than maybe the last two months or so, but my average selling price is much higher than the last couple of months. Great. So I've only sold, let me just pull it up really quick. Um, I have only sued, do, 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 let's go to my seller tools, my closet insights. Okay. So I've only sold 68 items, no bundles this month, all 68 items, but my average selling price was $67 and 78 cents just for this month. Wow. I, right. So my average selling price, I would say is, has increased to about anywhere from, I'd say 55 to 65, depending on the month. That's kind of like where I'm at, but that's like, as of recently, as of like the last six to seven months, cause I've just been so hyper-focused on that. And you know, it takes time and it's, you know, a constant learning curve trying to get there and get those items that bring you to that point, right. And understanding your closet and how things sell to your buyers, um, but if I look back to like May, June, July, my average selling price is like 35, 37, but that's kind of where I'm at. And it's just the kind of pieces yep. that people are buying at that point. Do I have yeah. the occasional high sale? Yeah, but it all averages out to be between that 35 to 37. So it was interesting. So I guess this yeah. kind of, you know, I guess the average selling price can, can possibly change throughout quarters, depending on what's selling the most. Um I do think I agree with you, Lori, that like from the fall winter months, you're definitely going to have, if you're focusing on those items, you definitely can have a higher average selling price. That's because of the items that are selling at that point in time. Um, But then if you have a good mix of items like you do, your average selling price is going to vary because you have such a mix and range of price points where I kind of have a specific price point that I'm usually at to make whatever kind of money that I want for the month. So it, it yeah. varies by your business model. It varies by the items that you're picking up. Like there's so many variables. Would you say that you're spending more money on your inventory as well to get to yeah. that higher ASP? Yeah, I have to. I have to. So I'm probably anywhere between my cost of goods vary between eight to $14. That's usually where I'm at. So it's a little bit more than what, like before I'd say my average um, cost of goods is like five, six. Yep. It's definitely increased by at least five to $6 to be able to get those items that I want because I have to shop at more consignment stores to get those kind of pieces. It's harder for me to acquire the pieces that I'm looking for just going to a thrift store. Like I have to catch it at the right time. Of course. Which is hard to do course. when you're working yeah. full time. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great model. I feel like you've really settled in and it's it's worked so well for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not seeing what my ASP is. I mean, I have this month, I have like 124 listings sold. Well, I, on, I just kind of, I did the math on my own. That's how I knew. Oh, you did it. Oh, I didn't know if it was on the seller. No, it insight. doesn't. Like, I wish it did. I wish it did. Even well, like seller insight app that does give the ASP. I okay. think is it. Um, but Caitlin has my phone right now. Cause she's photographing downstairs. 
Um, but yeah, and I've also this oh, it month gives I've you really the average up. selling price by brand, but it's total. It's not. Oh no, maybe oh, not. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Gives me by brand. I still haven't played around with this to the point where like. I'm it. laughing because when I just looked at that, I'm like, what the hell did I sell from Hanes that <laughs> sold for $130? I'm not joking. I'm looking at these stats because I've never looked at these. I'm like, what in God's name sold for? It was the Kanye West t-shirt that was, oh. was on a Hanes. It sold for $130. And I was like, what is Hanes doing here? I'm laughing. This has Sorry. to be the total sales because if I look at my, if Levi's is number one on my brand insights and I've made... $662 on Levi's this quarter, right? This goes by mm -hmm. current month, current month, current month. So current month I made $662 on Levi's. But that's because I have all those new at tag Levi's. Right, right. So that's the only reason why that's so high. And that's the other thing too, like when you're looking at this stuff, it's all relative. Like you need to understand what it is and why that piece sold for whatever. Right. And was it like a one-time thing? Like literally my one, two, three, well maybe, oh yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. My top eight, nine sales are one-off sales. Like that one item yep. from a brand that I don't typically like Adidas and Alexander Wang collab. Yeah. Like that's a one and done piece mm -hmm. for me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but it is interesting. I'm happy they have any stats whatsoever. Oh, I, me too. I, like I like seeing how many things I've published this month. Um, it just kind of gives me a good gauge of like where I'm at. So this month, this obviously includes relisting. So the number's a little inflated because of that. Since I published 252 listings, oh, I'd say right. probably a hundred of that is, is relist. Wow. That's yeah. impressive, Daniela. Well, I relist every day. That is like my new thing that I relist every single day, any item that's 60 days or older. So it's like a constant. So if I can't list, at least I'm relisting 10 to 15 items. So yeah. that's kind of my thing. 452 available listings. I mean, it gives you a good preview of what's going on in your, in your closet. Is it, you know, it does. It does. everything? No, but at least we have something. I'm yeah, sure no, this I'll little I'm all over the place. It's funny because um, like I look at seller insight on a daily basis because I'm trying to hit like a units per month yep. goal and then obviously a sales goal. So I kind of go to that for that purpose. And then I keep my running inventory over on Vendu. So anytime something sells on one platform, I go into Vendu, market sold. So it takes yep. it off of another. But like I, I feel like all of these platforms, Vendu, seller insight, um, Posher VA, mm -hmm. Poshmark. Now I feel like they're all starting to do similar things. So like what I initially signed up for seller insight for Vendu is kind of giving me those yeah. numbers now. And so it's funny because now I, when I got Posh, uh, when I got seller insight, it was like a one and done. I think I paid $49 and I have it forever, but I think now you pay by the month. So now that other platforms have all this information, I don't know that I would buy it again. I mean, right. I love it for what, and I don't think I use it to its fullest extent right. either. Um, I well, there's so many that. tools. Think about it. There Over are, the last two years, how many tools do we have now that we never had? It's crazy. Cause I know seller insight, like tells me if something's been in my inventory for a long time and it will relist it for you. And I mean, tells you how many, I go to seller insight to get how many days things have been listed. And I laugh at myself sometimes when I sell things that are like been there forever. So I tap into all these different tools, but I feel like overall I'm kind of underutilizing yeah. all of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Same. Because I have a bunch. 
Yeah. Um, but then I can't live without certain things from certain each one from each one. So yeah, I would say the one that I use the most, that is the most, like the best investment for me every month is posture VA between the sharing, the relisting that, cause I like for me, Vendu, I'm just, I, I don't list in Vendu. So it would make more sense if I listed in Vendu to use the relist delist thing on Vendu. And I'm only putting yeah. certain things in eBay. So for me, like that doesn't really bother me that whole thing. Um, but I use the release D-list. I do the bulk offers. I had the automatic offers that go out. Like I am using that was a $19.99 a month and I am making it back oh, very quickly. Like every penny. It is just penny. worth it for my sanity. Even if you were just sharing, it would be <laughs> worth it. Now it yeah. does all these other features yeah. for us. And it seems to just finally, it's finally being a little bit more embraced by the community mm-hmm. and it's not so taboo. So, um, I just think it's a really helpful, smart tool and, the person who runs it is wonderful. Oh, and, Alex is great. Um, yeah, he just, uh, he's always giving updates and it, it's great. I mean, in Vendu, I will say like, uh, once I started listing in Vendu, it became more, more valuable to me because it's kind of my hub now, yep, you know, which exactly. is great. So, and it does, it has helped me. Like I, I'm going to, I have a video coming out on my eBay stats from this month because it, gosh, it's just amazing what happens when you list things. Yeah. <laughs> I actually it's had quite amazing. a few sales on eBay this month. And this was like the month where I was almost giving up on eBay. Cause I think we all go through this. We're like, we're about to give up on a platform. Yes. Yeah. And I was about to give up on it only because I just find myself deleting more than, than what's selling there. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but this month that, you know, it, it, it worked out. <laughs> It worked out yeah, and made some good it. sales. So we'll, we'll keep that's it. Good. We'll keep it a little bit longer. <laughs> that's good. That is so good. All right. Yeah. We have a last question here. And that is, does your number or sales change by quarter? Do you tend to switch between quantity versus quality sales? And are you one year round? What does that mean? Or are you one year round? Or are you one year round? Oh, oh like, quantity, yeah. or versus, quantity or quality year round. Got it. Got it. Got it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody. So if you'd like to hear our answer to the last question, consider joining our Patreon group. For $5 a month, you will receive a monthly download, a bonus episode, a monthly Zoom call. We have a lot of fun on the monthly Zoom calls. (laughs) And access um, to Thrifters Villa Discord, where members and ourselves, I'm not so good at it, but Danielle is really good, (laughs) ask questions, bounce ideas off of each other, and just have a community of like-minded people to chat with. We do love the Discord. Lori, Lori will join more often, don't you worry, <laughs> when she finds time. <laughs> um, if you can't commit to $5 a month, we totally understand that. But if you want to support Thrifters Villa, there's a link in the show notes where you can buy us a coffee. Or even better, you can just leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It's free and it helps others in the community or with similar interests know who we are and how much you enjoy our content. So enough rambling. We will see you next week, friends. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 
Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. This is just a reminder that Thrifters Villa's Patreon is officially live. You can find us on patreon.com backslash Thrifters Villa. It is just $5 a month where we're going to offer you bonus content, extra episodes, a free downloadable a month, and live events. So make sure to check us out there and we will see you next week.